I get asked all the time, Tone, what are the things in your guitar case that you simply cannot live without? Well, rest easy because today I'm gonna answer that very question. I'm gonna share with you the 10 things that live in my guitar case and go with me to every gig, every recording session, and every jam. Hey TAC family, welcome to Acoustic Tuesday episode 197. This show's all about bringing fun, focus, and progress to your guitar journey through my weekly Guitar Geek list, plus success stories from your fellow TAC members. Did you play guitar a long time ago? Maybe you're on your second round right now. Maybe you had a band and you didn't really think much of it. Well, today you're gonna meet George from the UK, whose three-piece band from back in his younger days teaches one of the most important lessons for your guitar journey. You're also gonna get your weekly dose of acoustic news you can use, which includes a blues documentary being released tonight, a trip to Las Vegas so we can visit Brendan from Heartbreaker Guitars. He's got news from Santa Cruz Guitars, Bourgeois, and Furt Guitars. Plus, I'm gonna tell you some wisdom that I learned from a bumper sticker. That's all coming up in just a bit, but first, let's dig into my guitar case and see what I cannot live without. Before I dig into what's actually inside my case, I wanna tell you about the case that I prefer, the case that I love, the case that gives me the most peace of mind. And that is a Calton case, and they're made down in Austin, Texas. Now, full disclosure, I am a Calton case artist, and I have received one free case from the folks at Calton Cases. That being said, I have since purchased about nine more cases for my various instruments. That's how much I love these cases. That's how much I believe in these cases. Now, oftentimes the spotlight gets shown on the exterior of the case, especially with Calton cases because they're very durable, they're roadworthy, they're eye-catching, they have different colors, they've got splatter paint, they've got glitter finishes. They're really good looking cases. But so often the interior of the case gets left out. Each interior of each Calton case is custom made for the instrument that will go in it to offer that much more protection. So I found a video that shows the construction of the interior of the case. So I'm gonna share that with you right now. The second item in my guitar case is a guitar strap. Now the strap that I use is made by Native Sons down in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And specifically, I like their three inch wide strap with hemp backing. And I'll tell you why here in just a moment. But I do wanna say this, in my opinion, Native Sons is making the best guitar strap in the world period and statement. And I say that for two reasons. Number one, they're incredibly durable. You've got a leather end that's not only riveted to the strap, but also sewn to the strap. Now I've got a number of these straps and just looking at the workmanship, 
it's flawless. It's impeccable. The second reason I love these straps is the patterns that they offer. They offer a ton of different patterns on their website. You can check it out. I particularly like these kind of toned down uh, hippie-ish patterns, but of course you can choose whichever one you like. Um, and the reason I like the three inch wide strap with hemp backing is because, well, the, the width is comfortable for an acoustic guitar. You've got that nice three inch strap that seems to distribute the weight pretty well for an acoustic guitar, but also that hemp backing kind of grabs onto your clothing. Meaning when you have the strap on and you're standing up playing guitar, it doesn't shift, it doesn't slip around, which offers some pretty good, it just feels pretty darn secure. So yes, number two is a guitar strap, a Native Sons guitar strap to be specific. The third item in my guitar case is a capo, and I actually keep two capos in my guitar case. The first is an Elliott capo. These are made down in Texas, and this is to me like jewelry for your guitar. These capos are machined to an exact precise measurement for your instrument. I prefer the McKinney Elliott capo and I also have a very beautiful twist capo, which is uh, gorgeous. Talk about jewelry for your guitar, but it's not just looks with these capos, it's function. These capos are so solid and so exactly machined, I actually notice a tone difference using this capo. I know it sounds crazy, but I strongly believe there is a tone difference. I can at least hear it when I use it. So that's the first capo in my guitar case. The second capo is a Shub capo. And you might be thinking, Tone, you're going from like a $100 capo to a $20 capo. Well, I like the Shub capo for utility purposes, but also if I'm ever doing a partial capo, leaving that, that low E string open, the Shub is what gets the call for me. So I like that Shub capo as well. The fourth item on my list is a flat pick. Now I've used a ton of different flat picks through the years and the one that I like, the one that to me brings out the best tone in my instrument that matches my playing style and that feels comfortable is the blue chip TAD 1R, the TAD 1R uh, with a thickness of 80. I don't know if it's millimeters or what, but it's a TAD 1R 80 and I love it. I've actually got about six of these and I haven't lost one yet which is awesome. Uh, I don't keep them all in one place though. I keep a stock back at home in case I do lose them. But this lives in my guitar case along with the capos in an Altoid tin. Yes, uh, kind of a pro tip here. If you're looking for uh, an inexpensive way to not only freshen your breath, but store your picks, capos, and other small accessories, an Altoid tin is probably one of the best things you can get. And I think you can purchase Altoids for like, I don't know, three bucks. You get a lifetime or like a couple months worth of fresh breath and a great storage case for your picks and capos. Uh, which brings me to the next item on my list. Coming in at number five are finger picks and thumb picks, which also happen to live in the Altoid tin. Now, for a thumb pick, I prefer the Zuki's M20. And the reason why I like this pick is it's very comfortable around my thumb. Uh, it comes in a variety of sizes. Uh, I guess not really a variety, two different sizes, a large and a medium. And the number refers to the angle on the pick blade. You can get a 10 degree angle, a 20 degree angle, or a 30 degree angle. Why would you want this? Well, it actually hits the string more square. When I've used a flat thumb pick before, it scrapes against the string and I get this kind of odd attack. That's not the case with the Zuki's. So yes, I like the Zuki's M20 for a thumb pick. And then for finger picks, I like the Pro Pick split band finger picks in brass 
and I like the number three. Uh, they offer a variety of picks, and I just found out that Pro Pick, to the best of my knowledge, is actually made by the folks at the Deering Banjo Company. Who would have thought that? Of course, a banjo company knows finger picks very well. So yes, indeed, my thumb picks and my finger picks are in my guitar case also. Now, moving on to my next item, coming in at number six is humidification. Now, I love the Bovida Humidipacks because, well, I'm a lazy guy. Not, not in all areas of my life, but when it comes to humidity, I've known, uh, I've developed a track record of being lazy. I used to use the Dampet humidifiers, which involved me filling them up about once a week and I would forget, and then I would continue forgetting, and then I would be a poor guitar owner, not uh, humidifying my instruments appropriately, and it just wasn't a good mix. Uh, to the rescue was the Bovida Humidipacks. These are incredible. You just kind of set it and forget it. I've got four more items that I wanna share with you, and I promise you, the last item that I'm going to share, you won't be able to guess what it is. I promise. If you wanna guess, you can put it in the comments below, but you won't be able to guess it. Believe me, it's a surprise. Uh, so let's move on to the seventh item. Item number seven in my guitar case is, it's actually a combo. It's a fingernail clippers and a file. Yes, indeed, uh, simple fingernail clippers and a simple nail file to keep my picking hand fingernails in awesome condition. Now, which brand do I like? I actually have a brand preference. Now, the fingernail clippers that I like, that I prefer, are made by Trim, and they also happen to make a dandy nail file as well. I don't think I have to go into too much detail on that, but anybody that plays fingerstyle guitar with their fingernails, you should just have a fingernail clipper and a file in your guitar case. Believe me, it will rescue you when you break a fingernail or when you get kind of that odd scratchy feeling on the end of your fingernail. Okay, moving on to item number eight, and you gotta have strings in your guitar case. Plain and simple, a string is gonna break at some point. And if you don't have an extra set of strings, you're kind of up blank creek without a paddle. You know what I mean. The strings that I prefer, and if you've watched the Acoustic Tuesday show for a while, you know, uh, I love the Santa Cruz Parabolic Tension strings. Uh, specifically, I like the mid-tension on my larger bodied guitars, my longer scale length guitars, and I like the low tension on my smaller bodied guitars or more vintage guitars because I don't love putting a ton of tension on those instruments, those older instruments. Now, I have to say this, I've tried a lot of strings and continue to try a lot of strings. I've used Elixir strings, I've used John Pierce strings, I've used the new, I actually tried the new Daddario XS strings. and. I like a lot of different strings for certain reasons, but the Santa Cruz Parabolic Tension strings, I match all my instruments. They bring out the best in all of my instruments. Again, I like those other brands for specific reasons, but to me, the Santa Cruz strings are the best strings out there. I know I'm making a lot of bold statements, but please know that this is in my opinion, in my experience for my instruments. Um, so let me go ahead and move on to the next item in my guitar case, coming in at number nine, are tools. Yes, tools. Uh, specifically, a string cutter and a string winder. Now, these come from a set made by Groove Tech, formerly Cruise Tools. Now, I purchased a set of acoustic setup tools from this company, and it comes in a nice pouch. It has a string cutter, string winder, uh, an inspection mirror, uh, feeler gauges, uh, a small six inch steel rule, uh, capo. It's got a bunch of really great stuff in it. So I, I will highly recommend that acoustic setup kit from the folks at Groove Tech 
heck. Uh, but I just noticed on their site, you can actually order the cutters and the winder separately. And why would I recommend a specific cutter and winder? Uh, number one, because they're small. Number two, this winder is so smooth. It's got no play in it. It functions perfectly and I love it. It's one of those weird things that I have a preference for my string winder and GrooveTech seems to make the best one in my opinion. I've also noticed that uh, Orangewood sent me a, a kind of an acoustic guitar accessories pack and the string winder they include in that is pretty darn good as well. But to me, uh, for right now, what's in my case, it's the GrooveTech formerly Cruise Tools string winder and string cutter. Onto the final mystery item in my guitar case. Coming in at number 10 are pictures. Yes, pictures. I keep pictures of my family in my guitar case. I've got this wonderful picture of my son Aiden and I at the Harley Davidson Museum. I've got this wonderful picture of Whitney and I when we first started dating. And I've also got a great picture of my newborn son Emerson in a guitar case. I know it seems silly, maybe corny, maybe cheesy, but my family means a lot to me and to have them in my guitar case accompanying me on gigs and recording sessions uh, is pretty darn awesome. I love when I go to grab my picks and I see my family looking at me from inside the guitar case. Yes, that is the final item in my guitar case, which brings me to a question I have for you. In the comments below, please let me know what is one item that's in your guitar case that you simply cannot live without. It might be a duplicate of one of the things that I mentioned, or it might be something completely different. Go ahead and mention the item, and if you have a specific brand name that you use, be it strings, a capo, pick, whatever, make sure to mention that as well. I hear this story time and time again. Man, I, I used to play guitar back in high school. In fact, I even had a band, but I quit for such a long time, and now I'm finally getting back into it. And that's an incredible story, which is why I want you to meet George from the UK. George had a band back in his younger days, and it taught him an incredibly valuable lesson, one that you can apply to your guitar journey right now. And rather than me try and paraphrase George's story, let me go ahead and introduce you to George and read the story that he wrote to me via email. Here it is. Tony, I just got through watching your show and was moved by the story about the death of your friend. You were visibly struggling to get the words out. It's because of your story I'm now moved to tell a similar story of my own. I'm now 77 and grew up in a small community in the sticks with a crowd of young guys. Three of us have stayed close for over 65 years. We had a little band in our teens, but were never any good. John played drums, or at least he tried to. Jeff and I played guitar, though not very well either. The band broke up when girls came into our lives. Anyway, we had cheap, solid guitars. Fenders were never seen outside London. Jeff eventually sold his guitar and amp, and I sold my amp, but kept the guitar. I then bought a Spanish guitar and Jeff asked me to get him an identical one. We both still have them and I play mine every day for a few minutes. Jeff, however, can't play anymore. A few years ago, he was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease and then bladder cancer. He's still alive and I visit him every Thursday at his home where he lives alone. It's getting very hard to hold a conversation with him. John, the other guy, was a bodybuilder, built like a tank, played rugby and golf. He came home early one morning from work feeling unwell and told his wife he was going to lie down for an hour. He asked her to bring him a glass of water, but when she got to the bedroom, he had passed. He was six months younger than me, and Jeff is a year younger. I always thought I'd be the first to go, but it's looking increasingly likely that I'll be the last man standing. On the 26th of this month, I'd have been married for 50 years. Now, this is really an incredibly touching story, and, and the part that I want to go back to is George saying that we had this band back in high school, 
but we weren't really any good. And that struck me. In fact, I read his story quite a few times. And I thought to myself, you know, I don't think it was about being any good at all. It was about the fact that George met lifelong friends that he's known for, according to his story, 65 years, I believe. Yeah, they stayed close for over 65 years. And to me, this brings out one of the most valuable things of your guitar journey. The people you meet, the people that you develop friendships with, the people that you develop relationships with through music are some of the most important, most valuable relationships you may ever have. So please cherish them. It's crazy how music can bring people together, people that you otherwise wouldn't talk to at all if it weren't for the guitar or for music. Cherish those relationships and really, really be grateful for them because a lot of times they can develop and flourish into these lifelong relationships that, uh, case in point, George has made through music and that you likely have made or will make through music as well. Now, we're not done with George. No, we're not done with George because not only did George share that story with me, he submitted a picture of his guitar arsenal. So let's head on over to the UK and see what George has in his guitar arsenal. Here's what he says. Okay, I've been meaning to get a TAC t-shirt for some time, but whilst I was navigating my way to the site, I got waylaid by the shirt I'm wearing in the photo. I fully intend to get the TAC shirt, but just haven't gotten it yet. The attached photo of most of my guitars includes the Suzuki guitar I bought with Jeff 60 odd years ago. It's the second from the left in the top row. It cost me peanuts, but I'd never get rid of it. The other guitars are from the top left. Yamaha FG200 I bought from a friend, then the Suzuki, then a Washburn wall hanger. It looks okay, but is junk to play. Then an Esteve 7SR. The middle row from the left is the original Echo Electric I bought when we were in the band. It's in pieces as I'm restoring it. Next is a USA Ash Telecaster. Next to that is an Epiphone Casino. Then an Epiphone Les Paul that I acquired when I bought a Hiscox case on eBay from a guy who didn't tell me it came with a guitar. And also a Fender Mustang 2 amp. On the right is a USA Standard Stratocaster, just like Buddy Holly's. The front row is a Gretsch G5420T, a similar though not exactly the same model as Dwayne Eddy played, a Collings Baby 2H, a Martin D42, a Schecter Omen Extreme, and a Gibson J22 Studio. I have several other guitars not in the photo along with a Yamaha piano, a Fender F-style mandolin, a Gretsch banjo, a banjolele, a clarinet, six harmonicas, two melodians, four fiddles, and an Irish Bowron. I've loved music all my life and have never been without a guitar since I was 15 years old. Sorry for the length of this, but your story about your friend just made me reflect on my friends. I will get around to getting the t-shirt, I promise. Love the show, best wishes, George. Wow. Uh, George, I, I can't say thanks enough. Uh, what an awesome story to share with all of us guitar geeks and really teach us an important lesson, remind us of an important lesson, but also to see your guitar arsenal is so rad. And I have to say, the front row is kind of a showstopper. I mean, all the guitars are super cool, but that front row is a showstopper. And I have to ask you this question. How did you get the D42 to look so incredible? I feel like every square millimeter of abalone on that guitar is illuminated in your picture. So right about now, you're probably thinking, gosh, I would love to get featured in the Acoustic Tuesday show. I would love to have my guitar arsenal featured in the Acoustic Tuesday show. Well, I'm here to tell you, you can, and you've got plenty of options. All you need is a piece of Tony's Acoustic Challenge merchandise, such as a, well, Be Nice and Play guitar mug or a Be Nice and Play guitar hat, 
or get yourself the official Guitar Arsenal t-shirt. All you have to do is go to TonyPolacastro.com forward slash shop. Once you're there, you can get any Tony's Acoustic Challenge merchandise or Guitar Arsenal shirt that you want. Once you order that shirt, go ahead and put it on when it arrives and take a picture amongst all of your guitars. And then lastly, please submit your picture directly from the shop. There's a link right up at the top. Go ahead and click on it. You can upload your picture. Tell us what's in your guitar arsenal. Tell us a little bit about yourself. And then I'll feature you on a future episode of Acoustic Tuesday. Onto the final portion of the show, and yes indeed, it is acoustic news you can use. First up on my list is a documentary that airs tonight on PBS. It airs July 27th on PBS. You have to check your local listings for the time, but the documentary is about Buddy Guy. It's entitled, Buddy Guy, The Blues Chase the Blues Away. And I have to say, watching the trailer got me super excited for this particular documentary. So since I got pumped because of the trailer, I want you to get pumped. So let's have a look at the trailer. The story begins in Lexwood, Louisiana, where I was born 84 years ago. Buddy guy, buddy guy. And ladies and gentlemen, I've been around the world from the plantation to the concrete jungle of Chicago. I came to Chicago September the 25th, 1957. That right there changed the course of music to this day. I don't think this was his intention, but when he came out with a contemporary style that's loud, it's piercing, but not a bad piercing, but a good piercing. His tenacity, like a tornado and a hurricane, the energy in it, it's like you feel that, you know what I mean? His influence is so bad that people don't even realize it. Jimmy and Eric Clapton, Stevie Ray Vaughan and myself, we learned to, oh, he opened another frequency, another door. Chicago just had that thing. They had chess records, Willie Dixon, Muddy Waters, and Howlin' Wolf. And all of a sudden, man, I went to dream and woke up and I had met them all. It's like a gunslinger. He's just really soft-spoken, and he's just chill. And then he gets out there. And bang, 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 bang. The blues turned my life upside down. Had me going places and doing things that, when I look back, seems crazy. The blues turned me wild. I hope that documentary trailer got your guitar geek blood pumping just like it did mine. Our next news story is a trifecta of sorts. We're gonna head to Heartbreaker Guitars in Las Vegas, where Brendan's gonna share news from the folks at Santa Cruz Guitar Company, Bourgeois Guitars, and Furt Guitars. With that being said, strap on your seatbelt, put your tray table in the upright position, and let's head to Heartbreaker Guitars in Las Vegas. This is the latest signature edition from Richard Hoover out of Santa Cruz, California from Santa Cruz Guitar Company. Guys, this is the Happy Traum Santa Cruz Custom Guitar. Happy Traum is a legendary guitar player. He came to prominence in 1967 where he came out with a very famous book called Fingerstyle Picking 
for guitar. And the guitar was so popular back in the late 60s that it caught the attention of a lot of famous singer-songwriters, and Happy Tram's popularity just exploded after that. Although Richard Hoover over the years built many guitars for Happy Tram, the one that they landed on for the Signature Series was the H13. He likes to play a lot of blues, a lot of finger style, and this guitar just fits his playing style perfectly. This is the first Signature Series from Santa Cruz Guitar Company that's got a redwood top. Tram has worked with artists such as Bob Dylan, Paul Butterfield, John Sebastian. The list is endless. His influence was so deep that he reached just hundreds and hundreds of singer-songwriters back in the late 60s, early 70s. And his relationship with R Richard Hoover goes way back as Richard built many guitars for him over the years. But again, the H13 was his favorite. It's got a one and three quarter inch nut width and a 25 and three eighths inch scale. It's got abalone all over the place, Tony. Check this out. Around the sound hole, around the soundboard, and then it's also got the inlay of Happy Tram's signature right here, which is really cool. Anyway, Tony, the Happy Tram signature guitar was just released like two weeks ago, so it's brand new. It's only at a few guitar shops. Uh, we have one here. I think they have one at Eddie's. And uh, anyway, so if you get a second, do check out the Happy Tram by Santa Cruz Guitar Company. Okay, Tony, Acoustic Tuesday fans, next on deck, we've got Bourgeois Guitars. We've got two brand new models coming from Lewiston, Maine. The first brand new model, Tony, is the Touchstone guitar. Now this one's really cool and unique because it's the first collaborative effort between Eastman Guitars and Dana Bourgeois. Now you may remember in a previous episode we covered the fact that Dana Bourgeois was partnering with Eastman Guitars. So we knew this was coming, we just didn't know what or when. So this is it, the Touchstone guitar. Now what's cool about it is it's a really affordable guitar, okay? Again, it's being built as a partnership with Eastman Guitars, okay? The guitars are going to be below 2,500 bucks, okay? There's gonna be two different models. We're gonna have a mahogany model with a 4A spruce top, and we're gonna have a rosewood model with a 4A spruce top. The new Touchstone guitars are freaking gorgeous, you guys. They should be available sometime the end of this year, beginning of next year. They haven't announced an exact date, but rest assured, Tony, when these things are ready and available, we're gonna demo them for you right here on your channel. Next on deck, out of Lewiston, Maine, from Dana Bourgeois, we've got, are you ready? Mandolins. Adirondack top over a torrified flame maple back and sides with hide glue. Now, Tony, this again is going to be made in partnership with Eastman Guitars. So they're going to be able to get this mandolin for sub $3,000. Don't know the exact price yet, but it is going to be under 3K. So that is going to be very exciting to look forward to. And we should have those um, in stores probably about winter 2021, perhaps could flow into 2022. Okay, Tony, only 21 built. The FERC Bevel 21 guitars. Spruce top over either rosewood back and sides right here or walnut back and sides here. Now both of them have what's called the dual bevel, okay? So you've got an arm bevel seen here in Bloodwood, in here it's in Maple, and then you've got a body bevel on the back. So Bloodwood here on the Rosewood and Maple here on the Walnut. Each of the 21 guitars has its own specific inlay, so all the inlays are different on these guitars. Very cool, take a look at these. 
Okay, both guitars are based on the Grand Auditorium size. So Tony, without further ado, let's have a listen to the Walnut one. Next, let's listen to the Spruce over Indian Rosewood. Fur Guitars Bevel 21 Limited Editions. We actually have eight of them in the store right now. Acoustic Tuesday fans, thank you so much for watching the Heartbreaker Guitars newscast. My name's Brendan Smith. This is Toby the Beagle. We will see you guys next month. Tony, back to you, brother. The final piece of news I have for you is really less news and more wisdom that was gained from a banjo case, specifically a bumper sticker located on a banjo case that was brought to my attention by Elderly Instruments. Here's what the sticker says. Before you criticize someone, walk a mile in their shoes. That way, if he gets angry, he'll be a mile away and barefoot. Not much else to say about that, other than that's some pretty incredible wisdom located on a banjo case, which is not a normal situation. Usually a banjo case prompts many jokes, but in this case, we gain some incredible wisdom. And I think on that note, it's a great time to wrap up the Acoustic Tuesday show. But first, let's take a sneak peek into next week. Next week, you're gonna learn all about the Weisenborn. What the hell is a Weisenborn? Who makes Weisenborns? And how you can start playing the Weisenborn today, actually not today, next week, Tuesday, for under $100. Yes, it can happen, and you'll learn about it next week on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Please remember to watch the Acoustic Tuesday Show every single Tuesday at 10 a.m. here on YouTube. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for sharing your time with me, and please remember this. Your guitar success, however you define it, is directly related to your guitar routine. So please invest the time in developing your guitar routine and make sure to have fun every single day you play. Thanks again for joining me. Thank you for being a guitar geek. And I'll see you next Tuesday on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Cheers and Guitar Geeks Unite.